Hey everyone, welcome back to New Slang. I'm your host, music journalist Thomas Mooney. Of course, this right here is episode 129, where I'm joined by rising singer-songwriter Raina Roberts. I spoke with Raina a couple of weeks back on the phone. You know those people you meet and you just kind of feel their energy? Their energy just kind of transcends whatever medium you're communicating through? She's very much that kind of individual, and you just feel her bubbly personality and her energy, and it's just kind of refreshing. I think it's really easy to forget some of the the fun aspects of all of this because often we are talking about serious subjects, and that's not to say that we didn't cover some serious ground here, but it's just really refreshing talking with someone who is just so, just really excited about all of this. And um, yeah, I mean, it's it's really easy to see why Reyna has become one of these rising country artists that have really just emerged out of this year and gained a footing. I know her two latest singles, last year's 67 Winchester and this year's Stomping Grounds, they aren't officially quote unquote her debut material, but for all intents and purposes, they are our proper introduction, if you will. Like any artist, Reyna's early years have been filled with experimenting and honing in on what she wants to be as an artist and what kind of music she's wanting to make. And obviously that's an ongoing process. And there's most definitely a pop sense to what she's doing. She has really great sensibilities to that, but she's also begun to embrace more and more country aspects to her music. And and a perfect example of that is Stomping Grounds, her latest single. It is country embracing, which it's not just country music embracing. I think it's key to understand like she's also embracing those roots, her her southern Alabama roots. And she's talking about country lifestyle, country as a place, as a place of mind, uh, a place that you're from. And that's all really important to, I think, her her development as an artist. Obviously, the song is very anthemic in nature, and it's incredibly infectious and and it taps into those very familiar themes of small hometowns. And like I said, Raina, she spent a lot of her youth uh, in Alabama. And you'll hear it, like you hear in the song that she mentions Roll Tide, which I think is just kind of like this little funny little personality uh, added into the song. You know, again, like I said, like I really enjoyed talking with, with Raina about, you know, country music and her songwriting and her craft and her being so early on in her career. And I just think she's going to really be doing some really monumental things in, in music. And I say music in general, not as a gatekeeping kind of way, which we do talk about in the interview. But I think she's really going to transcend just being labeled as a quote unquote country music artist, because I do think she's just filled with so much potential and talent and just uh, obviously uh, an amazing personality and a great singing voice and and yeah I don't know um, I just think she's going to be doing some really amazing things here in the near future today's presenting sponsor is Desert Door Texas Soto if you know anything about me it's probably that I'm from the heart of West Texas and absolutely love everything about West Texas and that's really why I love Desert Door so much you may be asking yourself what exactly Soto is well, it's a premium spirit that's similar to a tequila or a mezcal. But for my money, 
It's a little bit more refined and smooth. There's a sweetness and faint hints of vanilla and citrus. And it's also as versatile as your garden variety vodka. At its core, Desert Door is authentically West Texas. They go out and harvest soto plants from the wild and bring them back to their distillery over in Driftwood, Texas. So next time you're at your local liquor store, get a bottle of Desert Door. For more info, check this episode's show notes. If this is your first time listening to New Slang, I strongly suggest hitting that subscribe link. If you just did, I'm giving you a virtual high five right now. New Slang is over on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and basically any and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Go check out the New Slang merch store. Grab a koozie, some stickers, buttons, and magnets. Any bit helps. I'll throw a link into the show notes. And if you're into playlists, go check out Tom Mooney's Cup of Coffee and the Neon Eon playlists over on Spotify. The Neon Eon is for all your nostalgic 90s country needs, which there's going to be more Neon Eon related stuff coming your way pretty soon. And then Tom Mooney's Cup of Coffee is a regularly updated mix of new Americana and country music. It's also a really great hint at who I have coming up on the podcast. So yeah, go follow those. All right, I think that just about does it for the intro. Let's go ahead and get on to the interview. Here is Raina Roberts. Yeah, well, let's just start off with you released Stomping Grounds just this year, and it feels like that was a really big kind of watershed moment for you. Um, you know, you're getting... It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm well, sorry, go ahead. Oh, well, I was just going to say, you know, you're getting like a lot of buzz online on... Um, on Instagram and on Twitter and getting a lot of shout outs from um, people who are established in the, the, the country music industry and stuff. What was like, Mm -hmm. I guess like that whirlwind of releasing the song and then actually, you know, there actually being a really positive, really a lot of people gravitating to it and and whatnot. Amazing. Um, Especially because it's, like the day I released the song is the same day that Rolling Stone came out the article. So it was like that. And then it was so many other things like back to back to back. It seemed like every day, every day I'd be like, wow, this is, I don't even know if anything better can, can top what just happened. And then something um, like more blessings just kept coming and coming. So yeah, no, it's, it was a whirlwind. It was a lot, but I'm just thankful that people even liked it in the first place. Hmm. Yeah. I. I mean. I, I. I can probably feel like you know when you release a, a something that um that that you're putting out there that there's a second where you're not sure wh- how people are going to take it. Like. Um, just, oh yeah. <laughs> and so like there's that like that moment of maybe you going like, is there a way to stop this train? Like <laughs> like I, I don't know if it's ready or something. You know. And then when you finally yeah. do get mm-hmm. it out, there's that sense of relief and you just kind of put it in everyone else's hands to take it. Uh, Honestly, for me, I never get the relief part. (laughs) It's always like, Oh my goodness, are people going to like this? Um, I really hope so. Let's see what happens. And then, um, and then the release, but I never feel like there's like, Ooh, okay, I did it. I'm just like, (laughs) okay, what's next? What, what's next um, for me to do? I always feel like I need to be doing something or pushing, um, to get things done. So maybe one day though, I'll be like, okay, I did that. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> it's over. Well, I, I don't know. It's, but, it's, it's important to like take those moments because like, I feel 
I, I get what you're saying because like you're kind of like, mm-hmm. um, well, I need to I need to work start working on the next thing. I need to start doing other things because um, this just can go, you know, and like just mm-hmm. like appreciating that moment, but um, or trying to. I think like one of the things about that song that resonated with people is that you're talking about hometowns and you're talking about, you know, like you said, like your stomping grounds, like you're talking about things that there's a nostalgic factor. And I think that so much of music mm-hmm. ties to the nostalgia of like where your home is. Um, where was like, where, I guess like framing that song, like the idea, where did, where did that first start? And like, what was the, the process of, you know, actually, um, writing the song? creating it um well <laughs> i just got to nashville um because i was in california I, I live in nashville now but at the time i was flying to nashville i met with my producer noah um and we both wrote the song together and he came up with this really really cool riff and he had just moved into his new um his new house with his family so he didn't have anything in his in the studio setup just it was just me him and a guitar and a, like a whole empty room <laughs> that was just like studio to be I guess um and he did this really cool like guitarist and I was like Noah I was like what is that I was like I want that whatever that is right there um I'm like that sounds like me and he's like all right 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 let's do it so um he kept playing it and I looked through my phone I was looking through my song titles because I'll <laughs> I'll write a whole bunch of song titles um and I'm like okay maybe one day I'll use this and so I saw Stomping Grounds, and I was like, oh, my goodness, this feels perfect. And I was like, no, what do you think of this? And he was like, I think I like this other title. I'm like, no, but I feel like <laughs> this was it. And he was like, okay, let's see. Um, and then you, we just started writing, um, and I was thinking about my mom and our family and um, and her life in Alabama and my life in Alabama. Um, and it kind of just went from there, honestly. Um, it's and it's funny because we were talking about Roll Tide because my mom went to the University of Alabama, mm-hmm. um, and all over our house there's University of Alabama everywhere. <laughs> so I was like, Noah, we got to say Roll Tide. He was like, All right, let's do it. So <laughs> that's <laughs> that's how that happened. <laughs> yeah, like I, I caught that Roll Tide, and I was like, Oh, she's she's one of these Alabama fans that have never experienced. Uh, losing football ever. So (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) It's uh, I don't know. It's like being, it's, it's one of those things where like I'm all my sports teams, I have like one championship in all, like any sports fandom. And like, of course there's Mm -hmm. fans of like the Yankees or the Lakers. And I'm like, you guys do not understand like what it is to be on the other side. So like that one championship (laughs) just like means the world to to us, but I digress. Yeah. This episode is in part brought to you by the Blue Light Live here in Lubbock, Texas. There is a way to help A, support Blue Light, and B, get a sense of that normalcy by visiting bluelightlubbock.com, clicking on the merch tab, and getting some koozies, a vast array of t-shirts and caps, and yes, even a Blue Light flag. While it is such a bummer that live music is still on hold right now, I'm telling you, by getting some Blue Light Live merch, you're going to feel better. It just feels better wearing a t-shirt and ball cap and helping support your favorite bar. Again, that's bluelightlubbock.com. Click on the merch tab, get some merch, 
All right, back to the episode. You know, like obviously, <laughs> like this seems like it seems like right now you're you're probably working on on a larger project. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So like, what what's the plans there? What is like your what what are you thinking as far as um, going like forward? Next yeah, what's what's next Moving for you? Right now, um, I'm actually working on a music video for Stomping Grounds, um, and I'm super excited about it. One of my friends, his name is Matt Cohen, um, he's an actor and director, um, and he's on like a few, it's funny because he's on a few shows that I watched before we became friends, and now he's directing my music video um, with my other friend, Jason Manns. Um, so we're, we're getting ready for that, and at the same time, um, I'm just like writing a whole bunch of songs, a lot of songs, a lot of co-writes um, that I've been really enjoying and I'm excited about. And I can't wait to like record all these songs and put them out. But that's what I'm doing right now, just basically creating a whole bunch of uh, new material and getting ready for uh, Stomping Grounds, the music video. <laughs> yeah. Well, like what is the, you know, like I guess like what is like your, not that you have like a necessarily a magic number, like what number do you kind of, <laughs> want to get to as far as like songs before you go all right let's start you know dwindling these down to what makes a an ep or a record or whatever the case oh man that's hard um i want to say <laughs> i want to say like 12 probably i want to have 12 songs that i can't stop listening to like 12 songs that make me want to listen over and over and over again uh, and that makes me say i want to sing these songs for the rest of my life um, so once I, once I hit those 12 songs and that's when I'll, I'll be comfortable, I think mm -hmm. comfortable enough to, to release them. Yeah. It seems that like, you know, you, you, um, are like really attached to like, I guess like your pian like the piano is like the, a really a focal point for, for you, um, learn, like you, you've been playing it for, uh, most of your life and everything. Is that where a lot of songs start out? for you on the piano? Oh, when I first started writing, yes. Um, I would just sit on the piano and then I would just start writing there um, from there. But since I've, um, over the years, um, sometimes I'll sit on the piano, but a lot of times now I'll just be like singing around the house and I'll be like in the kitchen, um, like making food and I'll just be singing about something random. Like, Oh, that's cool. Let me write a whole song based on like this one riff or just, this one line I just said, um, and that's, <laughs> that's usually how the song starts. Um, but yeah, sometimes I start just by singing some random stuff or sitting down on the piano, um, and really feeling something and already having in mind something that I want to, I want to sing about something I want to express. Yeah. You know, like one of the things that I guess I've picked up on for, for a lot of mm -hmm. songwriters has been, you know, I think like we, we just kind of talk about the songwriting as like when you're at an instrument, uh, when you have the pen and paper and you're writing the song, it's <laughs> like that just being the, the writing process. And it feels like we, we just kind of dismiss all of that time beforehand where like that song, like whatever that mm -hmm. idea is, that is kind of just like stuck in your head and you just can't get it out. And it seems like for you, you know, like that, what, what it is that gets stuck in your head is like you just kind of, for lack of a better term, kind of just like messing around and like when you're doing other things, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 
Um, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. I mean, I feel like I, I definitely know what you're talking about. And I, I agree. I feel like we always talk about um, like sitting down, being ready to write the song mm-hmm. as opposed to just being in the moment. Um, and that's how most of my songs uh, start when I'm, when I'm by myself, if I'm not writing with other people, um, I get most of my inspiration from, um, watching movies, watching TV shows, reading books. Um, and then it'll, you know, it'll ignite something in me that I'm like, Oh my goodness, that was an awesome line. I want to write a whole story about that or a relationship that I see on TV or, um, the feeling I get from watching the characters. Um, and then I'll just start from right there. Um, just start singing, see what, see if anything cool comes out. <laughs> um, and if it does, then I just, I go from there and if not, well then, you know, I just go to the next idea, but I'm not always like sitting down or doing like prepared to write the song. I'm mm-hmm. just, you know, seeing whatever feels the best. Yeah. I, I feel like we, and, and, and it's partly because like some songs have been written this way and everything, but it feels like we mm-hmm. just kind of romanticize the idea of like it just kind of being so effortless for a, oh, a song to happen. <laughs> and it's oh, like, no. <laughs> um, you know, like just like for some of, people. Yeah. I'll tell you first. Oh, no. I was just going to say like just kind of like that effort, effortless kind of just like too cool for school kind of like, yeah, I just <laughs> I just did this. It just came out this way perfectly. And, you know, like um, it, it feels like that you have to kind of give yourself an allowance to just not feel like write some weird art- stuff. Yeah. Well, like <laughs> you're not judging yourself. <laughs> yeah. Beforehand. I take it very, very seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I feel like me personally, um, I mean, I've been around writers. You can just like, it is effortless for them and they're just like going and going. And I'm like, how did you do that? For me, <laughs> it's very different. Um, sometimes uh, when, if I'm at a piano and I can possibly write a whole song right there in like five, 10 minutes. Sometimes though, I have an idea and I have this story, but I'm like, okay, this can go three different ways. Which way do I want to, do I want it to go? So I, I, it's kind of, it's kind of a long process, but sometimes I'll write a whole song three different ways to see like what story I like the most or what feels the best. And then I'll choose that one that I like the most. <laughs> and that, you know, sometimes that'll take a week or that'll take two weeks for one song. But for me, I'm like, if it's an, if it turns out an amazing song, in my opinion, I know I'm biased, but um, then it takes a week for me, as long as it comes out, um, you know, the way that makes me feel, um, then I'm like, okay, mission accomplished. Yeah, I, I feel like it's, for some people, it is effortless, but for me, <laughs> I am not one of those people. <laughs> See, I, I also think that, like, they're lying to us. Like, <laughs> it actually <laughs> is hard, and, like, they, they've they just, like, I don't know, been putting all the practice and just don't show that side. I find that really interesting that you say, you know, um, if you're writing a song and it feels like you're, you've got, like, different outcomes for the song, it can go that three or four different ways or whatever the case, that you will go that route you'll go every route and kind of um exhaust that as an exercise and then kind of go back and and go okay well this one actually works the best or this one is what makes me feel the most i find that really interesting Mm -hmm. when did you start i guess did have you always kind of done that or is that something that you eventually just kind of went i needed like do this 
I need to exhaust um, every every avenue. I think um, I feel like once I started, once my ideas started kind of um, evolving, and I, I, me personally, I feel like um, started getting better, uh, better, better stories, better song ideas. Then it turned into okay, this can be taken multiple ways, or this story can go can have different versions and I'm like, but I like this version, but I like this version too. Which one do I want? And I'm like, okay, let me just write out both. And then at the end of that, see which one I like the most. And I'll usually just <laughs> ask my parents, I'll be like, Hey, uh, which one do you like more? And you know, then I'll end up choosing, uh, <laughs> what everybody feels like is, is the best. Cause even though, um, for me, I'm just like, I want to tell the best story. It also has to speak to other people. It also has to be universal. So um, and I, I'll usually get other opinions and I'll be like, okay, I'll do that one. That's the way to go. When, I, when I'm undecided, when it's hard for me to choose. Yeah, that, that's always interesting too, because I think sometimes what you feel is best, it's because like you're so connected to it and maybe mm-hmm. like it's, it's latched onto you in a way that, where it's so personal or so close to you that like other people are like, I I didn't understand what, or they exactly. didn't get, like, they only got half the message or whatever the case. And sometimes it does take that other uh, outside view to okay. at least understand, like make sure like it's, it's all being able to be understood and processed by other people. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why, <laughs> that's why I know sometimes I feel like I'm able to, know when a song is personal to me and if a song is more universal like some someone um out in a totally different small town can understand what i'm saying um and also feel what i'm saying then you know that song is universal as opposed to a song just being for me and me alone Hmm. yeah like it, it's it's so weird because like in saying all that, like sometimes when you're like super personal or super uh, specific, that's what makes it mm-hmm. universal. And it feels like that shouldn't be the the way, but it's like sometimes when you're so detail oriented or so specific to a certain idea, that's what like what people go, oh, well, that's actually, it's actually something that's universal and not specific. I don't know. That's such a weird mm-hmm. thing. I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. No, I know what you mean. I feel like it, it depends on... <laughs> I guess it just depends on um, how how specific it is, but how relatable also. Um, and I think that's what makes it universal. If if you can be relatable um, and tell a story that millions of other people might have experienced, um, but like in a different way, in a new way, in your own way, then <laughs> then I guess it's specific but universal at the same time. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, like yeah, like I said, like it's it's just like it sounds like it's. It shouldn't be true, but it is. You know, um, I wanted to talk to y'all one more time about our new partners at Desert Door and offer up a handful of my favorite ways to drink it. Get you a Mexican Coca-Cola, have a couple of swigs, then pour yourself some Desert Door Oak aged in, toss in a lime wedge or two, or how about this? Pour some Desert Door into a mug, top off the glass with some ginger beer, squeeze in a lime, or for all you ranch water drinkers out there, get you a Topo Chico, take a couple of pulls off, and then pour in some Desert Door. Toss in a couple of lime wedges, and now you have a mighty tasty and refreshing ranch water. Remember, Soto is as versatile as vodka and has a more refined, smooth, 
and a more complex palate than tequila. It's rich and balanced, and, and whatever your go-to drink is, it'll make it that much better. And again, it's inherently West Texas. It tastes like home. For more info on Desert Door, check our show notes. All right, that's it for Thomas Mooney's Cocktail Minute. Let's get back to the show. One of the things that you, you mentioned earlier, and also it's it's something that... um. A songwriter in these modern times, like you have access to your phone, you're able to like record those voice demos. You're able to, you know, just record um, melodies or ideas or jot down lines or whatever the case is. Um, mm-hmm. It seems that like you have like been able to utilize like not only that for songwriting, but I've read that like you you you've talked about you know you um, reaching out to people on on social media and utilizing it as uh, the platforms for helping yourself in a, in your career versus just, you mm-hmm. know, also just using it for fun. A lot of us use like all right. the social media for fun, but it feels like you've been able to also utilize the, the industry. I hate saying the industry, but like the industry side and mm-hmm. like, um, what, what is, I guess like what, when did, how, how, how did you get into doing that too? As far as like, just knowing like, don't be afraid to like send a message to someone. Um, I think, well, it's like when you, you have this dream and, and you want to make that dream happen, but you don't have the connections. You don't know, you don't know people in the music industry. How do you connect with people? Um, I mean, you can post on social media and on YouTube, but there's millions of other people doing that as well. So you have to try and think of new avenues, new ways to connect with people. And so for me, I would go and look up my favorite songs, um, my favorite artists and their songs, and I would look up their producers and their songwriters, and I would research um, like what their socials are, and I would, and their managers um, and their teams, and I would reach out to them to see if they'd be interested in having a meeting with me or um, having a, a writing session. Um, and it's funny because you know I'd send out like twenty, thirty emails or DMs. <laughs> and like in a day or two and maybe get like two responses back. But sometimes those two responses are um, responses that can change your life. So um, that was, that's how I went about that. And it, I mean, and it is a little intimidating because they're like, mm-hmm. I don't know if this person's going to say yes. It's a lot of rejection, but I feel like in, re- I don't even want to say rejection, but um, some, those experiences, like you learn, you just grow and you, you, you become stronger. Um, and I feel like sometimes people get intimidated by hearing no or, um, putting themselves out there, but that's the only, that's the only way you move forward. Yeah. Like that's, I feel like as, as a, when, when I read that as a journalist, I immediately knew what you're talking about because so much of what I, I do when I'm reaching out, like just example, for example, this interview here, I reached out mm-hmm. to your team and it was like one of those things where, like there, I have no uh, connection to your team at all. So it was just like, you know, a blind email, but I, I'll send blind emails to people because it's like, what are they like? The, the worst that's going to happen is the, the no, or, you know, like uh, the, just like the lack of response and like, that's, but you're not going to know until they say, so but it, it is such a, um, it, it's such a, right before you hit that send, you're there's like that that moment of like oh should I do this or not and 
you, yeah. re- you reread it like three or four times to make sure you sound competent. And, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, but also at the same time, I would say that like, I think people would be surprised that like so many emails are out there. Like a lot of these people are reachable, you know? So if you, it just takes like that homework in the, I bet like this kind of yep. like has been really beneficial during this time when you aren't able to meet all these people actually in person that, uh, or like in that organic kind of like, we're both at the same place kind of way. Um, mm-hmm. has that been a, a, an added bonus? Like since we've been in this like weird, strange quarantine 2020 time? I think, um, it's been interesting. It's, it's definitely led me to think about different ways to connect with people. Cause even though people are at home, uh, because they're at home, they're also probably getting, you know, a lot more, a lot more emails and stuff from other people because they're at home too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't even know if I answered your question for real, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I think, I think I've been able to connect to a lot, a lot, a lot more people just in a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I was reading about how like you, uh, as a kid, you were, you know, reading or like, listening to a lot of the, the, the classic like nineties country kind of stuff and like singing along to people like the chicks. And, um, what was it that, that like, gra- that made you gravitate towards chick songs? I probably my parents playing them. Um, cause you know, I was, I was three, four, um, and you know, my mom's doing here playing the chicks album and, and Gretchen Wilson and, um, my dad's playing all these other albums. That's just what's in my environment um, and what mm-hmm. they played all the time. And so, you know, them playing that music is, is the reason I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I think that like that Gretchen Wilson, when she, like, I guess like her first record that kind of like broke, I think like people don't mm-hmm. like realize just how um, influential and like important that record was for like what, what's going on in country music today, as far as like, um, I don't know, like, I guess like the, a lot of, you can see a lot of, uh, lines from like artists now back to her as a, like her, her when she first like broke into the scene, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, uh, no, I think she oh, go inspired ahead. a lot of women, a lot of people in general, um, you know, pushing the envelope, breaking barriers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, obviously like right now in country music, we have all these, like these barriers, these gatekeepers of, um, making it as like just pure white male as possible. And, um, obviously like you're, we're seeing a lot of, I guess, dialogue and a lot of like conversation Mm -hmm. about like country music needs to be more accepting to just everybody. Um, Mm-hmm. But like, and I think like all that conversation is great. Do you think that like the the fact that we are kind of stuck at home right now has opened that up a little bit more? And do you feel like maybe also at the same time, like it's still like a waiting game because like it's not like where um, maybe like it's it's all in kind of like bad faith in a way because like we don't have like there's no shows to 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 show that like oh you know that we do have a lot more um we've got shows that are like 
I guess where we've got more, more women. Yeah, more diversity, more diverse show lineups and obviously all that kind of stuff. I know that was like a rambling question, but um, <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on, I, I guess, like what is your thoughts as a, a black country artist and a woman in, in country? Um, I want to say that definitely, I mean, being a woman in general in country music is already, <laughs> is already difficult. Um, mm-hmm. and you don't, you don't really see, um, many black women in country. Like if you were to go and ask any, um, uh, country music fan, like how many black women in country can you name? It's, they're probably going to have a little bit of a difficult time, but, um, I think it's, I think it's great that people are at least, um, like you said, having a dialogue and are at least trying to be more diverse. I mean, when you look at kind of, like for me personally, um, I wasn't sure how people would accept music because, um, well, one, I mean, one thing, not just being a black woman in country, but like from my red hair to the way that I dress, it's not, it's not quote unquote, um, like particularly country, but I mean, <laughs> country, 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 countrywide. Like, I feel like I want to break barriers. Like country doesn't have just one look and I don't just mean race, but like style. Mm-hmm. Um, it's around the world, you know what I mean? Um, and I want to help bring that to people's attention that country doesn't just have one, one look. Right. Yeah. Like it's, it's so weird because, um, I guess like in, in, with, within country music, I think that, um, so much of like this, so much of everything is tied to quote unquote tradition. And in some ways, like that's really great because it's like, yeah, it influences the new generations of like what they think country music sounds like, but it also at the same time, Mm -hmm. it, it creates this, like, like I said, kind of like those, the gatekeepers of like, well, this isn't country and this is, and no, this is, and no, this is actually like more Americana. And it feels like, mm-hmm. um, like that's just, uh, I've always kind of said like, that's just really exhausting. Um, mm-hmm. trying to like be that, but also like on the, the, like the industry level, just going to the fact that like a lot of women aren't played on radio is just right. ridiculous because some of our greatest artists, in, in America are mm-hmm. women country artists and they're just not played on the radio nearly as much as men. And it feels like uh, some of these guys on the radio, they're just like, we're force fed <laughs> them no matter what. Uh huh. So I don't know. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, um, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of the legends in the country are, are women. Um, and, I think, I mean, the only way we can do is open the conversation more and keep pushing to have more women on radio other than being silent or, um, or trying to, you know, brush it off or just put it away, put it on the back burner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I guess like what, what I've been kind of thinking about right now, it has been the, um, and you see this across America, regardless of, of if it's just country music or not, it, it's kind of like the, since our culture is so, I guess like, like the, the 24 hour news cycle, the rapid fire, if you just kind of like ignore it, or if you go, yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you just hope it disappears within 48 hours. 
And I'm what I worry like that. Um, that is like what a whole lot of people in in power and in charge are hoping for that. We just kind of ignore it or are, are okay with them just saying, yeah. And then just kind of shutting up. And then not not following through. Mm -hmm. I think that there's been too much movement and too much attention. Um, and too, too many people, um, progressing for, for them to, you know, not not keep pushing forward in my opinion mm-hmm. uh, i hope so because I, I mean like it's just like one of those things where you know you 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 kind of see it all the time as far as just like hoping we forget about whatever the case or getting like tired of the that news story because like people mm-hmm. even got tired of like the the pandemic story right as far as like yeah we're just kind of tired of being inside and like you just stop you started seeing people stop like um, being quarantined or like uh, held inside their houses and we're like just no I'm going to the store we're opening up and mm-hmm. you're kind of like what like how like, I didn't know you could get tired of this like <laughs> yeah no I know what you mean um, I mean I pray that um, that I mean I feel like we're we're evolving um, and with women in the country. Um, but at the same time, I don't even know if I'm the best person to ask because realistically, I've only been pursuing my career in country music for like a year and a half, two years. So I'm not as experienced or I haven't been in, in, in it as long as a lot of other women. So I wouldn't even necessarily be the best person to ask because I haven't experienced all of that. Yeah. No, I I understand what you're saying. Like, yeah, it's 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 such. I feel like sometimes, and maybe I am putting you like in a bad spot right here. But it's, no. I, I think of like sometimes where we like you're not like the necessarily the authority for everybody, right? Like, I guess that's what you're kind of saying, or like, um, and sometimes you just kind of are asked that just simply because, um, you know, you you you're you're connected to it in a, in a in a lot of ways but i don't know um yeah, I definitely do. and i never mind I, I don't mind when people ask at all um it, it doesn't put me in a bad spot or at least i don't i don't feel like it does um just in my personal experience i'm like all these women who have been doing it for years and years um i don't want to um retract from anything that that they've experienced or or um yeah anything that they've experienced because they've had a lot more time in it than I have you know what I mean mm-hmm. yeah well you know it's it's been really great talking with you I really am excited to hear what you have coming forward I, I think that Thank what you, you've been doing is really great so yeah it's been great talking with you and hopefully we can do this again once you you have more material out and we can talk about those songs same yeah absolutely and please reach out anytime okay that's it for this one thanks so much for listening thank you to Raina Roberts for taking the time for the conversation remember to hit that subscribe button if you haven't just yet check out the new slang Patreon and the merch store I just added some new t-shirts go stop by our presenting partners over at Desert Door and the Blue Light Live alright that just about does it I'll see y'all next week for more new slang